Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. We are here on Monday, February 21st, 2022, for the Wrestling Wrap-Up. It's a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video, but today we're doing more than just news, because I'm about to rant on why I think BTE is not good. I haven't liked BTE really ever at all, and we'll get into more of that as I talk about why today's episode of BTE just put me over the edge. This show, absolutely, or YouTube series, I guess you can call it a show, because it does do some storyline things for All Elite Wrestling, but it's just... Mm, AEW kind of upset a lot of people with Matt Hardy recently, and BTE took it to another level that really needs to be addressed, in my opinion. And we'll get into all of that. We'll also be talking about Sammy Guevara's injury, Big E's big day yesterday at the Daytona 500, the New Japan Cup, the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, and so much more, as we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven new stories for you here today, but with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here, twitch.tv forward slash pwunlimited, youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited, and twitter.com forward slash pwunlimited. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out in the live chat by hitting that a donate button down below, donating Twitch bits, and getting your questions read live on the air there. Also, remember, you can put a bit donation in, or better yet, subscribe to the channel on Twitch, because you got one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a, a tiered subscription, just like Rosario9248 recently did for 12 months, or if you say... I ain't got the extra cash. I'm already paying old Uncle Jeff Bezos for Amazon Prime, whether that's Prime Video or Prime Shipping. Well, you're in luck. Because if you pay for Prime Video or Prime Shipping, whatever version of Prime, Amazon Prime you're using, well, you get Prime Gaming. Take that Amazon Prime account. Take that Twitch account. Link them together. Bada bing, bada boom. You've got Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games. Like, um, exclusive. Uh, Free stuff for games. Sorry, I saw a uh, comment in the chat. Uh, since Saturday, I will be talking about that briefly. Uh, you get free games through Prime Gaming. Free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel that you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well with a Super Chat or a Super Sticker donation. Also remember, all Super Chats do get read live on the air, and you can subscribe to get early access to news, non-news videos, podcast episodes, and so much more by hitting that join button down below. It really helps us out, but you can also get all of that, but more directly support us at patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited, where we will be doing there and for channel members a Q&A. Nick and I will be answering questions, whatever questions you do have. Once we do curate enough questions to actually do a decent episode, we got a couple questions now, but we need more to do an actual decent length video there of questions. But also finally, if you can, if you want, if you will, head over to the Epic Game Store. Whether you're trying to buy a brand new game like Sifu or Guardians of the Galaxy, which isn't really brand new, but a lot of people still haven't played it, or Tom Clancy Rainbow Six Extraction. Whenever you... Buy a game on the Epic Game Store. It's going to ask you right before checkout if you have a creator code. And you do. PW Unlimited. Put that code in there and we get a kickback. Whether that is on the Epic Game Store or on your PlayStation. 
your Xbox or your Nintendo Switch and you're playing Fortnite or Rocket League. During in those launchers as well, we'll ask you if you have a creator code and you, <clears throat> excuse me, and you do. It's PW Unlimited. Also, since Saturday, we would like the Q&A to be ma- mainly wrestling related. But if you want to ask us non-wrestling questions, we'll answer those as well. As long as you are subscribed as a YouTube channel member, part of the Unlimited Army, or on Patreon.com forward slash PW Unlimited. And if you got a chance and you haven't done it yet, right here on page, uh, YouTube.com forward slash PW Unlimited, maybe Huey and myself did review elimination chamber so maybe if you need something to listen to before tonight's monday night raw head over there we got about an hour and a half interview not interview but review of elimination chamber and that show that went down monday sun saturday morning today's monday saturday morning with that as we begin i gotta talk about this bte because it's pissed me off this morning it pissed me off so we all know everything that went down with Jeff Hardy and WWE. There's a live event recently. <clears throat> there was a live event recently. I want to say it was in November, December. I don't remember anymore. But it was late last year, early this year, whatever it was. And Jeff Hardy was working a six-man tag. It was Jeff Hardy, Woods, and McIntyre against the Bloodline. And when... Jeff Hardy was in there. They say, and there's video of this match. They say he was acting sluggish. He tagged himself out, rolled off the apron, jumped into the crowd over the barricade and left. People started saying that was, and thank you, Rick Zone. This says November. So he's, they started saying that Jeff Hardy was displaying erratic behavior. And in, in that erratic behavior, they drug tested him, thinking maybe he was on something. Jeff Hardy then did, got drug tested and then got released by the company. Weeks later, Jeff, I guess you could say through Matt, stated that WWE had not given him the results of the drug test. Matt said all this on his Twitch and stuff. And that he and his wife had to go through different channels or whatever to actually get the results of the drug test back because Jeff knew he was going to come back clean. We got all that out there, right? Erratic behavior at a live event. They drug tested him. They released him. He didn't get the results of the drug test. He said WWE was hiding the results because they came back clean. Well, then, I want to say two weeks ago, and you can correct me in the live chat or the comments before or below, on Rampage, it was I think it was Rampage. No, it may have been Dynamite against Keith Lee. Isaiah Cassidy was in a match. Matt Hardy was like, it's your last chance. If, if you can't get the job done, I think I may be done with you or whatever. And it was Dynamite. Okay, so it was the Keith Lee match, I believe. And Keith Lee's just wrecking Isaiah Cassidy to the point where Matt Hardy's just like, screw this, I'm done. Jumps to the barricade, walks out through the crowd, and an Excalibur has to go, well, Matt Hardy here is displaying some erratic behavior walking out on this match in Isaiah Cassidy. And I go, no, they did not. No, they did not. A lot of other people were like, they, that, they went too far. They should not have done that. But then BTE this morning goes even farther. So they BTE starts off, and usually I don't watch BTE. I'm going to say that right now. Usually I don't watch Being the Elite. It doesn't fancy me. I'm not the demographic. I don't find it funny rarely at all, ever. And I probably, 
rarely at all ever in the entire history of the show ever really found it that entertaining or funny. Like, there was a stupid segment on there today where um, Leva Bates was trying to reach a drink on top of a refrigerator deal. She couldn't reach it, and Cesar Bononi grabbed it, and then she's like, hey, I was trying to get that. And he just walks off with the drink. She then hides up on top of this scaffolding thing, trying to drop, I guess it looks like tongue depressors in a little container on um, <clears throat> Cesar Bononi, but she actually drops them on Peter Avalon. And then she, they're like, what was that for? And then she like kicks Cesar Bononi, like a, an Orange Cassidy type kick. Then she kicks JD Drake and then runs off. And Cesar Bononi's like, I always knew she was one of them carny bitches. And I'm like, is that supposed to be funny? But regardless, so the show opens up. And they're like, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. The episode today is called Matt and Nick Explain It All. Like, we got to talk about the elephant in the room and this and that and da, 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 da. And Matt's like, I'm never getting my Jordan Dior's back or whatever these damn stupid shoes are going to be. He's like, they're lost forever. And, and Nick goes, yeah, and I've got some pressing information. I got an email last night about something that I really need to talk about. American Airlines lost my bag and I'm never getting it back. And this is bad. And then they like walk off. And Brandon Keller goes, wait, elephant in the room? You mean we're not talking about Cody? And I was like, okay, whatever. So then there's this segment. I'm going to pull this up here. I'm not going to play the video, but I, I just want the little screenshots from it. <clears throat> so if we could pull this up here. This is, I, I guess that's Jose, I think. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The manager of Andrade. And he goes to Matt. And he's like, big money, Matt. We needed to have a talk. Uh, someone needs to speak to you. He's like, oh, okay, sure. He's like, big money, Matt, you're so great. And the Bucks are standing there as they walk up the ramp. And they're like, we need to talk to you, Matt. We need to talk to you about your recent erratic behavior. And then they both produce little cups. And they go, we need you to pee in these cups. We need to test you for your pee to make sure you're not on anything. And he's like, excuse me? You want to test me? I know this is going to come back clean. Like, we need you to pee in both cups. And Matt goes, Right here? You want me to just pee right here in front of everybody? They're like, we don't care where you pee, but we need your pee. And Matt's like, no, because I know I'm going to come back clean. And I, and, I, and I know you're not going to give me my results. And this is all a sham. And he knocks the cups out of their hands. And Matt Jackson goes, well, I'm going to get some yellow pee one way or another. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. They literally took... All the Jeff Hardy stuff and made it a bit on BTE. This is ridiculous, stupid, dumb. When are they going to stop? You're not. How do I phrase this? Don't let WWE dictate what you do. You're your own fucking company. You're your own company. Fuck what WWE is doing. Why does everything these fuckers have to do have to be in reaction and a jab at the WWE? And I see since Saturday here, and I'm, I, I'm agreeing. I'm surprised Matt was even okay with this, and I totally agree with that. I'm surprised as well that Matt was okay with that. But it is getting to the point three years in now. Why does everything almost once a week or more that they do have to be a jab at fucking WWE. I'm trying in my personal life to cuss less, but this really... Mm -hmm. It's so dumb. 
It's so dumb. The Cody stuff didn't bother me because I'm like, yeah, they got to address something. So make a joke out of Cody leaving. Whatever. It's not a jab. It wasn't a jab or anything. It was just them thinking, oh, well, Cody's gone. Our shoes and our, our luggage is more important. That's fine. But to bring up this Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy stuff, this Jeff Hardy stuff, actually, doing it on TV, a lot of people were not happy with that. When Nick Caliber did the whole, well, Matt Hardy just jumped the rail in, in expressing some erratic behavior. And people were not happy with that. And then going this far today, I haven't checked Twitter to see what people are saying. Or the comments on that video, which maybe I should just to see if anybody's saying anything. Let's go to BTE right quick and just check. But it's just enough is enough, I feel like. Why does everything they do need to be in response to and need to be a jab at WWE? Why? Why? They've got great talent there that can tell great stories and are very creative. So why do you have to be very reactionary to them? Why does everything need to be reactionary over there? I get it. You're probably getting Jeff Hardy in a month or less than a month. Jeff Hardy, there's conflicting reports on when Jeff's deal, uh, no compete is actually up. Meltzer said March 2nd, which is a week from Wednesday. But if you do the math of when we think he was released... That would be the ninth, but he could have been released a week before the news came out. So in the next two weeks, Jeff's clean or clear, not clean, that wrong, wrong word user cleared and no compete up. But it's like, why do so many things that they have to do have to be reactionary to WWE, especially after that Kenny Omega interview this weekend with Dave Meltzer, where he said, oh, the Bucks and I never wanted this to be a war, but Cody over there in the Cody-verse, he kind of made it a war. Cody ain't there. Cody hasn't been working on BTE basically for two years. I don't remember the last time I saw Cody on BTE. It's probably been three years. And to say that we didn't want it a war between us and WWE, but maybe, you know, Cody and his Cody-verse did. Bro. Bro. Cody has nothing to do with BTE, and BTE a lot of times is reactionary to WWE. That's called a war. Right there, Bubba. So... I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's dumb. Why do they always have to take shots at WWE? It's like they can't have enough confidence in their own stuff and just creating their own storylines to be like, you know, we can do this and this, but we're going to get a better reaction if we respond to WWE. No. Also, Gabriel, we don't know 100% that it's March 9th the day that Jeff Hardy is, no compete is up. Because, yes, March 9th is 90 days from when the news came out that he had been officially released by WWE. But for all we know, he got that official release a week early. And so if that's the case, a week earlier than the news dropped, if that's the case, then the second could be the day that he's free. Also, the Cody versus what a lot of people, including... People in the company, and Kenny Omega even said it in the Meltzer interview, is the Cody versus basically Cody's storylines. A lot of people always say that Cody just books himself in storylines that has nothing to do with anything else, like the QT Marshall stuff. So they call it the Cody verse, where things in AEW only, things in AEW with Cody, what's where I'm looking for, exist in a circle, in a bubble. And they never really spill outside that bubble. Like Cody and QT Marshall. 
Cody and Anthony Agogo. Cody and Alistair Black. Never, ever, ever drop out of the circle. Drop out of the Cody-verse. Never splinters off and goes, well, this Cody storyline now affects this that has nothing to do with Cody, but, you know, future building. Like, say, you know, you have a really good match with the Young Bucks and FTR. FTR, you know, pick up the victory, and that propels FTR to bigger and better things. Well, we saw, like, the Cody Anthony Agogo stuff where, you know, or the, no, no, the Cody Alistair Black stuff where Alistair Black picked up the big win over Cody, but it didn't propel him to anything bigger or better or different. He was still right there where he was. So that's why they call it the Cody-verse, because Cody does a lot of things in his bubble. But I do want to say thank you to Clayton for the subscription, joining the memberships here on YouTube. I really do appreciate that. But again, this really just grinded my gears, as Peter Griffin would say. Why do you have to be not just so reactionary to WWE, but bring that up? We have seen far too many companies now. I mean, not too far too many. It's just WWE and TNA use Jeff Hardy's personal demons in storyline. And it's enough. I thought AEW would be different and not do it. They're doing it. They're doing it. But as we move forward, I do want to talk about another thing that has to do with all elite wrestling. And that's Sammy Guevara, the current TNT champion. Unfortunately, Sammy suffered an injury last week on Dynamite. Last week on AEW Dynamite, Sammy Guevara defended the TNT Championship against one Darby Allen in a fan-freaking-tastic match. I absolutely loved this match. I thought this match was great. I thought this match was fantastic. But unfortunately, and I'm trying to find the tweet here, Sammy was injured during that match. Here we go. Sammy was actually injured during that match. I'm going to pull up his tweet right here that he did tweet out. I want to say Saturday morning. Finally able to open my eyes. I suffered a scratched cornea on Wednesday. All respect to Darby. We came into the company with everything to prove. And in three years, we have shown that we not only belong, but we are this place. Every time I'm on your TV, I'll give you a show. I promise. We do not know the severity of Sammy's injury here, but he suffered a scratched cornea. Sometimes you recover within a day. Sometimes you recover within a week. Sometimes it takes longer. But if we go scratched cornea recovery, average scratched cornea, less than a week. You're back in action. You're back to doing what normal stuff you were doing before. So hopefully that's all it is. Less than a week. Because uh, WebMD says a minor scratch to the cornea can heal in one to three days, most five to seven. So hopefully he's all good to go. He hasn't been announced for anything this week, whether that is Dynamite or Rampage. But hopefully Sammy Guevara, the current TNT champion, is doing all right. Again, we don't know the severity of his scratched cornea, but hey, we're all good. Yo, actually, no, I digress. He has been announced for something this week, isn't he? Hold on, give me two seconds. I think he's defending the title against Andrade, actually. Um, let's see. Rampage, 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 Rampage. Yes. This week on Rampage, he's going to defend the TNT title against Andrade. So I was wrong there. He is, but hopefully everything's good. He's cleared. And that match goes off without a hitch. 
Speaking of going off without a hitch, the big man, Big E, was at the Daytona 500 yesterday as he was the honorary starter for the biggest race of the year. Now, if you're asking, what does the honorary starter mean? The honorary starter means that you get to drive the pace car during the opening pace laps of the race, and you get to bring the field to the green flag. Basically, do three or four pace laps. Everybody's following you. And then as you come off the last turn, and you're going down the front stretch, you hit the pits, you veer off, the field goes and takes the green flag. Well, Big E was that honorary starter yesterday. Not the first person in WWE to do it. Uh, Charlotte Flair did it a few years ago in Phoenix. Matt Hardy has done it at the Phoenix race as well. But really cool to see Big E there. I thought it was a little bit of a missed opportunity by Fox because they could have had Big E do more. Anthony Anderson was okay doing the driver intros and the video they played of who starts where, but I thought it would have been tremendously better if Big E did it. Just think Big E over there. Oh, Ryan Blaney starting fourth, you know. And speaking of Ryan Blaney, Big E was hanging out with Ryan Blaney moments before the race as well. So they do this thing with Michael Waltrip, which is called the grid walk. He walks down the pits as everybody's got their cars in line, ready for the race to start waiting for the national anthem. And Michael Waltrip walks up on the 12 car, Ryan Blaney, the 12 team there. Big E's standing there. Big E's like, oh, we got Ryan Blaney here. Who's the last person to win at Daytona and won three races last year? And I'm like, hey, okay, cool, cool. And commentary goes, man. Big E really knows this stuff because A, Ryan Blaney was the last person to win at Daytona, and B, Ryan Blaney did win three races last year. So either Big E keeps up with NASCAR or he was fed lines. But either way, Big E was really cool yesterday. It was really cool seeing Big E at the race yesterday. We do have some pictures that he has posted on his Twitter that I'm going to bring up. So we've got these. He hung out with uh, country megastar Luke Combs, who performed a concert before the race. And then he got to answer some questions for the media. He got to take pictures with the, the actual trophy, the, Harl, the Harley J. Earl trophy that you get for winning the Daytona 500, which is really cool. We got Big E right here with the car. We got Big E here with Kurt Busch, driver of number 452311 car. And yeah, there was other pictures like the WWE posted and stuff as well. But really, really cool. Really awesome. And this was all a thing done by Fox. Fox broadcast the first half of the NASCAR season. And they brought out Big E to drive the pace car. They got this deal done. Two weeks ago, NASCAR was in L.A. doing a race at the L.A. Coliseum. And they had Sheamus come in to actually wave the green flag to start that race. And speaking of the Daytona 500 in WWE, last year's Daytona 500, Sasha Banks waved the green flag to actually start the race. So again, really, really cool. Really, really awesome. That Big E was there to do it. I just thought it was a missed opportunity. Again, nothing on Anthony Anderson and the video he did to run down the field in the starting positions for the race. But I thought it would have been leaps and bounds better if they had Big E do it. I mean, he was there. They could have filmed it. I mean, they filmed Anthony Anderson do it. I don't know where they actually had Anthony Anderson film it because he was just inside some little studio room. But regardless, really cool seeing Big E there schmoozing hanging out with different drivers and teams and whatnot. I don't know how long he stayed at the race. And here's the other question. Did they give Kyle Larson his belt? Because usually when someone wins a major championship in sports, WWE immediately sends them a belt. 
last year, or actually 2020, Chase Elliott won the championship, and they didn't give him his belt to the Daytona 500. They had the Street Profits at the race, and they didn't give him his belt till then. I haven't seen anything on if they had Big E give Kyle Larson his belt. Come on, WWE. Where is Kyle Larson's custom WWE championship for winning the 2021 Monster Energy Spent Cup Series championship? Just saying. Just saying. Um, yes. Well, no, Kay Ballard. You are wrong. John Cena did not wave the green flag for the Daytona 500. So I don't remember exactly what year it was, but John Cena was supposed to wave the green flag for the Daytona 500. Did they in November? I'm going to look that up real fast. Uh, Kyle Larson Championship. Because I didn't see anything on them giving Kyle Larson a... Yeah, I don't see anything here on WWE sending Kyle Larson a belt. If you got a, a link to a photo or something, put it in the chat. But John Cena didn't wave the green flag. John Cena was supposed to wave the green flag. I don't remember exactly what year this was. Maybe it was 2012 or something like that. And the race on Sunday got rained out. Cena then had to fly to Raw the next day. They ran it on a Monday. He couldn't be there to wave the green flag. So, yeah. There we go. Um, Boba says... Uh, they gave Lewis Hamilton a WWE Championship in 2017, but they didn't give Max uh, first pin for winning the F1 title last year, shaking my head. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to be rude, but Lewis Hamilton is a bigger name than Max Verstappen, and F1's not as big as you would think in WWE, so yeah. Or... or in the same vein of, like, a NASCAR in the America. So, yeah, that's probably why they did it for Lewis Hamilton because he's just a big sports name. And no one else really in that F1, you know, racing league is that big in America. But, regardless, Kyle Larson needs his belt. Come on, Hunter. You're the one who always sends these belts out. Where's Larson's belt? Enginecars.com, number five. Boom. Anyways, anyways. Talk about Big E. Big E's on SmackDown. SmackDown Tag Team Championship match didn't happen this week at Elimination Chamber. So, we're supposed to get the SmackDown Tag Team titles at Elimination Chamber. And it's second to last match, and the Viking Raiders are walking down to the ring. Raid! 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 And all of a sudden, they're, boom, super kicked by the Usos. They get taken out. The referee says that they're too hurt to wrestle. The match never happens. So, according to a new report from Fightful, it was reported that the plan all along was for this match to never actually happen. This tag team title match was never going to happen. Many asked if this was something like being cut for time, and no, this was not something cut for time. It was just never, never supposed to happen. Word is, this match will be taking place here in a couple of weeks or within the next week or some sometime on an upcoming episode of SmackDown. So that's what happened with the SmackDown tag team title match at the Elimination Chamber. The match was never actually supposed to happen. It was never planned to happen. It was just to fill a little bit of time on the pay-per-view and keep this going of, well, you know the Viking Raiders are the number one contenders. They won that gauntlet match thing. No, it wasn't a gauntlet match. Maybe it was a gauntlet match. I don't remember. But they won the number one contendership, and yeah. 
So we'll see when this match happens. Maybe this week on SmackDown, maybe next week on SmackDown, but I doubt they drag this out any more longer. I don't think this is going to be the match for Mania. But as we move forward, we're done talking about WWE for the day. Let's move over and talk about a little, little company out there called New Japan Pro Wrestling as well today. They announced the card, or not the card, but the brackets for the New Japan Cup. I've got that right here from the New Japan website. Let's pull this up and let's talk about the 48 men who will be competing in the New Japan Cup. So we've got the left side, we've got the right side. Let's run it all down. First round matches. First off, we've got Kazuchiko Okada versus El Desperado. Master Wado gets a bot. Oh, hold on. Are they doing triple threat? No, it's a buy, right? Give me one quick second to look something up. I want to just double check something. It looks like every third person on this gets a buy. But why are some of these people getting buys and not others? Like, why is Master Wado getting a buy over Okada? You know what I mean? Why doesn't Okada get a buy? Or are these? Let me know in the chat really fast. Sorry for not being up with this before the, I actually talked about it, but usually there's single matches and they go and they boom, boom, boom. But yeah, it's they're getting a buy. Okay, so as we look back over here, we got Kazuchiko Kazuchiko Okada against El Desperado. Winner then moves on and faces Master Wado. We got Toru Yano and Taichi. The winner of that will move on to take on Hiroshi Tenzan. We got Yuji Nagata and Haruki Goto. The winner of that will move on to take on Dick Kogo. Dick Togo, Shima, who is sticking around, which is cool to see, takes on Taka Michinoku. The winner of that will move on to take on uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Hiroshi Tanahashi against Yo. The winner of that moves on to take on Bad Luck Fale. Tetsuya Naito against Yujiro Takahashi. The winner gets Ghetto, which is like, why is Ghetto getting a buy? Togi Makabe against Jeff Cobb. The winner takes on uh, Satoshi Kojima. Kamaki Hanma taking on Yoshihashi. Winner gets uh, Kuzeshki Fujita. And as we move on to the other side of the brackets, Kakoto Ibushi against the Great Okan. The winner gets Taiji Ishimori. Got Ryohei Owawa taking on Zack Sabre Jr. Winner gets uh, Doku, Doki. Uh, Yoko Nakashima against Aaron Hanare. Winner gets Sonata. Uh, Sonata getting a bye. Don't have a problem with that one. Bushi against Will Ospreay. El Fantasmo getting a bye. Another one that doesn't really, you know, it makes a little sense. Oh, Fantasmo. Cool. He's a bigger name. He's got some big wins. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Shingo Takagi against Tangaloa. Chase Owens against Jado. Winner gets Tiger Mask. Rusuke Taguchi against Evil. Winner gets Tamatonga. Hiromu Takahashi against Sho. And the winner gets Minoru Suzuki. So those are the current brackets for the upcoming New Japan Cup. It starts on March 2nd. And they said it will all be broadcast in English, which is really, really, really cool to see that it will all be broadcast in English. As I just look here really quick. <clears throat> yeah, they don't really give a reason why some guys got buys and some guys didn't. 
So that's weird. Um, but as we move forward, going from New Japan, got a company they used to work with in Ring of Honor, and we got to talk about the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Because we now know everybody going into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. So four inductees will be going into the Hall of Fame, the initial inaugural Hall of Fame class. We got the Briscoes, the Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, and now announced today, CM Punk. In a press release available on Ring of Honor's website, they did state the following. Ring of Honor is honored to proud, is proud, Ring of Honor is proud to welcome CM Punk, one of the most charismatic and compelling performers in Ring of Honor history. Into the Ring of Honor, into the ROH Hall of Fame. Punk is the final member of the inaugural class, joining the Briscoes, Brian Danielson, and Samoa Joe. Punk made his ROH debut in, 20, in 2002 and experienced a meteoric rise thanks to his in-ring, in-ring ability, mic skills, and brash attitude. He incited fans for, by proclaiming that he is straight-edge, a lifestyle that means, I'm better than you. Punk had many memorable moments in ROH, including the iconic Summer of Punk, which began when he won the ROH World Championship in June of 2005, right after accepting a WWE deal. Throughout the summer, Punk taunted ROH fans by repeatedly threatening to take the world title with him to WWE, but he did lose that in August. In 2004, Punk engaged in an epic trilogy of matches with then-ROH champion Samoa Joe that have become legendary. They wrestled, the, they wrestled to two 60-minute draws before Joe prevailed in their final meeting. Punk also had a heated rivalry with Raven that is regarded as one of the greatest feuds in Ring of Honor history, and that right there is what made me a Punk fan. That was the first time I really learned what CM Punk and who CM Punk was in that Raven feud because I had seen, I knew, of course knew who Raven was. You know, his time in WWE and ECW and TNA, and then I'm like, oh, Raven's doing stuff in Ring of Honor. Don't really know much about Ring of Honor, but I'm going to go check this out. And the Raven-CM Punk feud was worldwide. It wasn't just contained in Ring of Honor. They went to Europe with this as well in other promotions out there. Don't remember exactly what the promotion is, but they had great matches overseas together as well. But the big one, as they talk about right here, they waged war against each other in an unforgettable dog collar steel cage match. If you've never seen CM Punk versus Raven in the dog collar steel cage match, whew, you're missing out. You are missing out. You go on to state, that in addition to his ROH World title reign, Punk also won the ROH World Tag Team Championships on two occasions as members as a member of the Second, Second City Saints. After leaving ROH, Punk became one of the biggest stars in the industry in WWE. He wrestled in main events against the likes of The Rock, John Cena, and his 434-day reign as WWE Champion is sixth longest in company history. After stepping away from pro wrestling for more than seven years, Punk made his return last year in AEW, where he continues to be one of the promotion's top stars. A career retrospective on Punk will be featured on this weekend's edition of Ring of Honor Wrestling Television. A YouTube special on Punk drops Monday, February 28th, next week, at 9 a.m. Eastern on ROH's YouTube channel. A special Hall of Fame episode of Ring of Honor Wrestling featuring all the inductees airs on TV the weekend of March 5th. So this is awesome to see CM Punk going into the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, and it all makes perfect sense. 
CM Punk in the Hall of Fame for Ring of Honor. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I think the names that they chose work. I see some people saying Briscoe shouldn't be in the inaugural Hall of Fame. They're the most consistent tag team ROH has ever had. So in that retrospect, if you need one tag team, you got to have the Briscoes. I mean, who are you going to put over them? Nigel McGinnis? I could see it. But if your thing is, we got all we got four men and one tag team, then you got to go Briscoes. Briscoes are the most symbolic, most recognizable tag team when it goes to ROH. But moving forward, you know, CM Punk's in AEW and another man in AEW that's not leaving AEW, even though there's some mis misconceptions. That's Brian Pillman Jr. As some thought that he may be leaving AEW, but that's not the actual case. For Pillman, see if I can get this here on his Instagram. Posted this on his Instagram. Uh, yesterday, where it states, 13 months ago, I moved to Jacksonville to chase my dream of becoming all elite. Without knowing when the pandemic would end, I wanted to reduce my commute to our temporary venue from two flights to a 10-minute drive. Ultimately, along with Griff, earned the right to officially call ourselves all elite. I would be, wouldn't be lying. I, no, I would be lying, however, if I said that this city didn't chew me up and spit me out in a good way. I did everything you could ever do, made every mistake, and experienced every emotion possible. I signed a lease on a home. I purchased the baddest car I could find. I fell in love with the baddest chick I had ever met. I rescued one dog from a shelter and then adopted another puppy. I trained my ass off at various gyms and martial arts schools, including a secret heart dungeon. I partied hard, and through all these experiences... I met so many great people, but I knew it. But I knew it, though. I had gotten in over my head. I struggled to raise two dogs. I got my heart broken. I got robbed. I got into bar fights. I canceled bookings. I hurt some people who I cared deeply about. I had isolated myself from my friends, family, and support system back home. But my decision was pretty clear. And today, I started my journey to move back to Cincinnati. This was the hardest decision of my life to leave behind my little Jack's family. But I take, I take solace in the fact that I will be able to be there for my Cincy family, Aunt Linda, my sister Brittany, and her newborn baby. I leave here with the utmost gratitude for this extremely fulfilling experience. All my loot and my best friend for life. I want to thank my aunt and uncle for getting me settled in. I want to thank Tony for treating me like a hometown hero in both Jacksonville and Cincinnati. I want to thank Mega and Margaret for watching over me and picking me up when I fell. I want to thank Brad and Doc Samson for keeping me healthy. I want to thank all the boys who supported me and lent me an, an ear. I want to thank Hannah for being by my side for eight long months. But most importantly, I want to thank all the fans who take the time to read this and in, invested in my journey. It is great therapy for me to share my story with you all. Thank you. Who sends that out yesterday? And uh, there was also a couple other pictures here that accompanied it. And the dogs and the girl and him and JR. Remember, JR also moved to Jacksonville as well. So he didn't have to commute. commute. And so, you know, he sends this out. 
yesterday. And a lot of people are like, wait, why are you thanking AEW like that? Are you leaving the company? What, what? No, Ryan Pillman's not all elite anymore. What's going on? And this morning, no, yesterday, he had to send out a clarification tweet right here. For those who misinterpreted my Instagram post, I'm not leaving wrestling or AEW. I'm simply moving home from Jacksonville to Cincinnati to get my shit together. That's all. Thank you, guys. And you can read the full story on Instagram. So with that, good to see that Brian Pillman Jr. is not leaving All Elite Wrestling. Going to be sticking around. Him and Griff are still the Varsity Blondes. He is All Elite. We move on from there. But with that, that's going to be the wrestling wrap-up. Usually at this point, I give you a preview for Raw or SmackDown. It's Monday, so I would say Raw, but there's nothing to preview. So why don't we talk about the Corey and Carmella reality show coming to the damn WWE YouTube channel next Monday. Now, I don't know this for certain, but I watched that preview, and that preview is all about fucking and sex and getting it on. They're like looking at a house or whatever, and Corey's like looking over the, the center island of the house. He goes, oh, that'll be good right there for some love making." And the whole rest of the freaking show is about, oh, I like that shower. We spend a lot of time in the shower. Like Carmella says that, and Corey goes, or maybe we'll never get out of the shower. And there's another scene of Corey's naked in the shower, taking a shower. He's like, you're going to get in here with me? And Carmella like, goes to drop her robe off. She goes, of course I'm going to get in there. This whole fucking show is about sex. But maybe that's why it's got to be on the WWE YouTube channel and not on an actual like WWE show or uh, TV network or streaming service because it just goes too hard into these two just like to fuck. Because that's what this seems like. That this show is all about. These two just like to fuck. Drops next week on the WWE YouTube channel. And for WWE to be as family friendly as they are. Whew, I did not expect this to take this turn. Again, go watch the preview. It's on Twitter. It's on YouTube. The whole thing is about how much they like to hump. So, we'll see if it's any good. I'll check the first episode. I like Ms. and Mrs. But I don't know if this can be compared to Ms. and Mrs. But kids, I don't know if they should watch. I, and they're not going to show any nudity. And I don't think they'll show them humping. It's on YouTube, so they can't. But as much as this trailer was all about fucking and humping and screwing, Jesus freaking Christ. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And Twitter.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Remember... We'll be live tonight following whatever goes down on Monday Night Raw. It's the fallout from the Elimination Chamber and the build. Because we're on the straight track to WrestleMania. The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania that there's ever been. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. I'll see you later for the Monday Night Raw review. Have a good one, guys.